listening to the Paracasual Destiny Podcast. Greetings, Guardians. We are live, and welcome to episode 58. Thanks for tuning in. Whether you're here live on YouTube or on the podcast platform of your choice, I'm Sultime. I'm here with Romance Girl, Green Stego, and Sally Bug on this rather cool and uh, cloudy morning here in Maine. What's it like in Texas? Um, sunny. Sunny. Sunny huh? and 68 degrees and sunny. It's kind of nice weather. Yeah. Mm, that sounds lovely. That does sound lovely. Uh, shout out to our friends in North Carolina, South Carolina, that area of the country that is withstanding lots of rain and wind. And of course, the folks down in Florida have been through a lot as well recently with the hurricane. Uh, we are very fortunate to have power and to be able to broadcast live. So let's get started right away. I think it's going to be a short episode because of real life issues that we have to get back to. Um, I'm looking, I am looking at the uh, first slide here. Let's see what it has to say. There's our logo, of course. Uh, recent activities. Oh, it's been only one week since our last episode, but we're trying to get back on schedule here. Has anybody had a chance to play the game? Yes. Uh, we had got on a couple times this week. Um, after work, we completed the um, the story segment for this week. Yeah, mostly just stuck to the weekly quest. We haven't done a lot of Destiny. Without um, spoiling anything, are there any big shockers in the storyline? Um, not as big as the Nezarek reveal, but um, definitely keeping us interested. Ah, yes, the Nezarek reveal. <laughs> Sally Bug, did um, you get a chance to get on at all this week? Yeah, I mean, honestly, you and I have been kind of like um, on a quest to try to stay um, current on leveling because we did not get to, ma as a matter of fact, last season, we didn't even attempt a Grandmaster because we never got to the level where we needed to be. Try one. And um, right, right. So I don't even know what that level is. Uh, I don't know what the Grandmaster Nightfall is. Does anybody know? I, it's like fifteen ninety five or something like that. I want to say, but I don't know what the minimum level is. I think it might be. I don't know. Maybe fifteen ninety. I don't know. Um. I've got a cat rubbing all over my Chromebook here. Yeah, we, there's going to be a lot of... Uh, let's just get that out of the, the way. There's going to be a lot of cat noise. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, um, but so as a result of us trying to kind of stay current on the light level, we're actually choosing to do activities that give us pinnacle gears over the storyline. Like we're, we're right. prioritizing pinnacle activities as opposed to prioritizing the current story because those tend to be easier to catch up on. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Um, and so we did the dungeon. We did not duality because pit of heresy. We don't seem to be able to do that one yet. No, we can't. Two but we did person pit of duality. heresy. Yeah, yeah we, because Soul Time has soloed pit of heresy, so he's Once. quite familiar with, with it. lots of dying. <laughs> um, yeah, but and that was a while ago, but. It made you very familiar with the encounter. Um, so we've so been ba basically it pinnacle chasing. Made it. So we did that, and then I think we did the three Vanguard strikes, and that's about all we've had time right. for this this week. Um, hopefully, you know, amidst all the family stuff that's yeah, there's a lot going on this weekend. On. We'll be lucky if um, we can get on and get that story done this weekend, but. Maybe Monday Hopefully. if nothing's planned. Monday night. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Or, yeah, I don't think there's anything going on tonight. If So, that might be a possibility. At any rate, that's that's in the basic activity, basically what we've done this week anyway. And what, uh, um, I, I'm curious, the Nezarak reveal. Any impressions on that? Well, we're going to be talking about that a little bit in the lore segment, but... Oh, that's right. It's Touch um, of Grimoire Returns. Woohoo! I'm looking forward to it. Um, but it, it was interesting, that connection, that there was, like, that they've connected as they have, you know, basically throughout this year and the development of the story, but connecting again, the pyramids and the darkness and the witness to all of the other different races. Mm -hmm. So now we know that they, the witness has also had um, some influence. Well, the darkness, not just the witness, but the darkness has had some influence over the Elixni as well. Well, I have so. to tell you, I, I did hop on right before the podcast just to do some clan XP on my hunter. And I was sporting Nezarak's Whisper, the glaive, and having a lot of fun with it, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, Hopefully it's not um, not going to influence you as much as other relics have influenced I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but okay. <laughs> um, are we good to go on to our next segment? Yeah. No. no. I mean, yes. <laughs> now we can hear the purring come through the mic. <laughs> it's like the, the no is, no, you cannot rub your face all over my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's who you were talking Let to somebody do else. It. <laughs> Just turn over the computer. <laughs> just, I, you know what? I'm just going to give her my earbuds and the mic and let her kind of finish this off, finish my my part off. It's what the viewers want. <laughs> and or uh, listeners. It is her season, after all. It's what She's the viewer a black wants. cat, Singular. and we're in black cat season, so. <laughs> um, this is her month to shine. So one of the cool things about, or one of my favorite things about going back to a morning time slot for the live broadcast is we get to bring back the coffee boutique segment so let's do that let's do that let's let the intro play the para casual destiny podcast presents 
Eva Levante's Coffee Boutique. I could use some coffee. Well, you're not the only one, Eva. We could all use some coffee. And I understand, Sallybug, there's some freshly brewed coffee um, down there now. There absolutely is. If you wouldn't mind, since I'm, I am still a little yes, bit late up if, with if, my knee. If y'all could talk amongst yourselves for a moment, I'm going to get uh, some coffee refills from Eva. She's in our kitchen right now. So, <laughs> BRB. Um, all right. So, Stego and Romance Girl, do you guys have your coffee? Yeah, I have a iced coffee, espresso roast from HEB. Um, I'm looking over at Stego, and I don't think he's taken even one sip of his coffee. So, oh no, how is that even possible? There? I've had this. Yeah, what's coffee. going on? I'm having the same refrigerated coffee, the same chilled iced coffee. Um, mine is black. It's espresso roast, and it is mm -hmm. delicious. I have had. Some sips. Add a couple splashes of coconut milk in mine. Oh, yum. For me, it's first, and we probably have brought this up before, but for me, I um, I enjoy almond milk in my iced coffee. Um, like I don't like the aftertaste of the almond. Right. I know. It's, uh, that's why I go for the coconut, but I do the an almond coconut blend. Almond, um, the almond milk that we get is the vanilla unsweetened, mm -hmm. and so maybe just like that vanilla, adding that like vanilla. Yeah, I love that in my um my cereal. That's yeah. my go-to for cereal. Um, vanilla unsweetened almond milk. To our listeners out there, I know this is cheating because it's not. It's only tangentially related to coffee, but unsweetened vanilla almond milk is the best milk for cereal. Um, I will. Um, piggyback on that and say that I use that we um, often for work make like an overnight oats concoction and I also use that all different types vanilla. of cereal you got your flaked right. oat cereal right so it's oats and that unsweetened vanilla almond and it's just like the, you know when the oats soak into that milk it's just really good a so. bowl of cereal is probably our favorite dessert in this house. Yeah, that's, we go to I that go as to. well. Mm. Oh, that is good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I just got back. So um, I had a question. I had another coffee question for you guys, and that is um, I n notice often you're drinking Iced coffee. Do you prefer iced coffee over hot coffee? Or is it like 50-50? Um, I think for taste, it's more 50-50. But for convenience, I have the issue of taking a sip of my hot coffee and being like, oh, that's the best thing I've ever had. And then I set it down and I look over 30 minutes later and my coffee is ruined because I forgot right. about it. So... I think iced coffee from that standpoint is just more yeah. patient with me. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a slow one too. <laughs> I'll go periods of time I that half the cup gets cold. Too easy. I don't want to be distracted from my coffee, but it happens so often that we just started doing iced coffee as a. Right. 
just a way to avoid that. But I still love a good cup of hot coffee, especially when it's a little chilly out. Right. Right. You know, uh, Eva doesn't just sell coffee at her boutique. She also has other drink products. And uh, we've been a shout out to uh, Ransom Rider, who is a streamer that uh, we've been watching lately. And he loves Destiny 2. I've never seen someone have such joy playing a video game as Ransom does when he's playing Destiny 2. And um, he fuels his playtime with green tea. And we actually asked him. Uh, the podcast uh, sent a special message over to him asking uh, if he could recommend a brand of green tea um, for us for the uninitiated in that area. Area, you know, most green tea I've had in the past very bitter. So I am looking to like a green tea, and he recommended the organic green tea that has the panda on it. He did not give me the brand name. He did not want to get uh, into any legal trouble, I think. Uh, <laughs> so shout out to Ransom for that suggestion. We are certainly going to try it. I'm, I'm sure it's uh, if it comes from Ransom, it's Eva approved. And um, the other thing, um, Sally Bug, I don't know if you mentioned this, but at, at work in the afternoon, we've been doing some Red Rose English breakfast tea in the afternoons. And that is uh, worth a shout out to our good friend Pelham, who uh, carries us. Yeah, he and his brother Ghost carry us through many a um, end game activity. They are the high end players of our clan. So shout out to them. Um, yeah, I had to get that in there. The green tea from Ransom and the Red Rose English breakfast. I don't think that's what Pelham drinks. I don't know what his brand is. Maybe I was, I was going to say I'm surprised that Pelham would go for the Red Rose. No, I don't he think that's what more he of drinks. Like a classic breakfast blend kind of guy. I mean, we've talked PG Tips, right? Yeah, I think they he does PG that. Tips. Maybe I don't know that either that or some. I other. don't know. I I mean, I feel like the um, tea options over there are very similar to like what our coffee options are over here. Right. So it's just like go in and they just get kind of like any English breakfast. They're probably much better than the English breakfast options we have over here. One would hope. Your English breakfast is like basically black tea, right? Is that correct? You, I don't I think, think Pelham so. drinks it black. No, I no. mean black tea. Black tea. Oh, the tea itself, sure. It's usually a blend, but I think it's mm. black tea. I'm not sure what else is in there. Cool. Okay. Obviously, I'm not British. Well, hopefully this tea. week we'll we'll try some green tea and we'll continue with our Red Rose expedition mm. and we'll report back on the next episode. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to have, like, I just need to have a cup of green tea. Like, for me, it's that bitterness. So a way to cut it to, like... Maybe it's just I'm not, we haven't brewed it correctly. Or Ransom recommends gotten... fresh lemon, a squeeze of fresh lemon in it. Mm. He no, would. I, I am not, myself, not a tea person. I'll mm. occasionally have a chamomile. Right. I mean, at, at the... That but... sounds Eva approved as well. 
the camp. See, I've, I could I've see been her known drinking like if that. I'm gonna go towards tea for the most part for me, I do like the kind of black tea English breakfast with a splash of some kind of milk and a teaspoon of sugar. But I don't like my coffee sweet at all, so mm. just a teaspoon mm. of sugar. Oh, we, we just no. kind of went from coffee to tea, but that's okay because they serve tea at almost every coffee at every evil Avante's boutique <laughs> in uh, in the Midwest. Uh, I have an idea, a great idea oh, for the let's podcast. Let's go to our next segment, which is the Touch of Grimoire segment. Um, Sounds good. I'm looking through the glass at our producer, who's ready to. Roll, t- roll the intro. The Paracasual Destiny Podcast presents A Touch of Grimoire. With your host, Sallybug. Sallybug, you want to talk to us about uh, some of the lore? Um. Yeah, so based on the information we alluded to this earlier, based on the information that we got last week of like just some some information based on Misrax um past dark past and um I kind of wanted to go over ba- his basic timeline his storyline and um and then just the storyline of the elixney in general as well but you know as it as Misrax fits into that so um i don't know should we read our read our touch of grimoire first and then just kind of take it from there i think that might be the way to go from the catch killer's gauntlets dear your ship true as trust is rare among the deep stars mithrax Elixney Quarter, Last City. The old crews, yes, I have gathered much information about them in the past weeks. In fact, I have just finished going over my notes. The old crews rose in the wake of the whirlwind, during what we Elixney refer to as the Long Drift, the span of time between the fall of Reese and our arrival in the Soul System. I believe the equivalent period would be your Dark Ages, though Reese did not have Risen or Iron Lords. Instead, we had the crews. As you can imagine, this period was quite lawless, as the stability and abundance of Reese was no more. This resulted in what I believe is called a zero-sum game, a situation in which every gain or advantage is earned at the expense of another. Several fearsome individuals rose to great power and authoritative prominence at that time. The elixir word for them translates to catch-killer, meaning one who boards and rests control of enemy ships. These catch-killers commanded great fleets and raided many supply routes, procuring objects of historic or intrinsic value along the way. It is exciting to wonder what treasures they accumulated beyond those we've recovered already. Many crews were abolished or disbanded over time, but those that survived did so through great hardship. They are formidable indeed, but then, so is the Vanguard and its guardians. Thank you for asking about my research into the old crews and their significance. It is always a pleasure to talk about it. After all, what use is knowledge if it is not shared? All right, so thank you, 
Instego for being our or Excellent and narration. I wanted to talk a little bit, right? Not a little bit, maybe a lot. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, about <laughs> Mistrax. And so, and the, this time that was discussed in this lore piece, so Mistrax was actually born during this period, the long drift. He was born uh, upon a ship, a catch, as you will, um, because after the destruction of Reese, the Elixni are basically surviving on these catches. They all have like kind of like are floating. Now, the one thing I wasn't quite clear on, but that, you know, that I kind of envision is that they're all kind of like floating and during this drift on these catches and kind of like living on the catches. Um, but they're still kind of having these, um, and I don't know if there's multiple catches per house, but they still have like these, um, banners, right? The banners of their houses, um, um, kind of like, I guess what we would consider clans, right? Something like that. Um, so Misrax was born during this long drift um, to a mother called Enox. And the house at the time was called the House of the Gentle Weavers. So they're drifting through. And this kind of all came out. This story part, I think, kind of basically came out um, during that um the lore the um that we got last week but um he's born to Enox it's a time of um pretty you know it's pretty severe they're just kind of living for survival um they are just trying to scrap at any resources they can to stay alive at some point in that um in that story they're ending up having to resort to um eating their own you know to not not just to survive basically and um at some point during this time um Misrax um, is born at some point Enax like is actually struggles to decide whether or not to even keep him um, but decides to for you know for whatever reason I guess out of hope um, and um, while he is a hatchling they come across a- another catch um, which is the catch of the house of hmm dreams i think of dancers house of dancers yes i'm sorry house of dancers and the in within that catch um they send over an emissary to uh um 
to the House of Dental Weavers catch, and that emissary is none other than Aramis. And at first they think that oh, we're just going to like pirate. We're just going to ransack them. We're going to take all that we can. But at some point they decide to kind of form like this alliance, an alliance of some sort. And um, that alliance is they made a trade where the catch the house of dancers decides to give them, you say, if you take care of some of our people We'll give you some ether to do so, and then we can, you in turn can give us some of the supplies that you've amassed over the, over the years that will help us make repairs to our ships. And in that trade were Rockus and Civics, um, two other hatchlings, others, one of whom is Spider. So Spider and Misrax are hatchlings together. They grow up. They're not brothers per se, but kind of adopted brothers, I guess I would about it. Um, grow up as they're during this time frame. At some point, they come across the tomb of Nezarak and find that in this tomb, there are relics or artifacts that have great power. Misrax inherits one of these artifacts and um, ends up getting, quote unquote, its power. This is by the storyline told by Erasmus. Its power ensnared him. He sought more, no matter the cost. Over time, the relics were lost. And then Misrax fled from his past. So it's like kind of like, and this is like where I'm coming into the the gray area here. By the way, House of Weavers becomes House of Wolves. And the House of Dancers became the House of Devils. So I think their sigil stayed the same, but the names, their names kind of changed. Uh, you notice in the beginning, both of those houses had kind of like peaceful names right house of weavers and house of dancers peaceful and then they turned into kind of like you know more um you know more the names were a little more aggressive i guess is a way to word it um but this is where i get kind of confused in the timeline and would like actually a little bit of help or like thoughts or what your thoughts might be, because we do know that um, during the time of the House of Wolves, Misrax was a vandal. Um, and that was when we know, like the storyline, which I think we've talked about before, was where he was captured by Sir Ido, the Awoken, during one of those conflicts. And that we know during that capture, um, he became um, more of an ally to her and um, started along his path to um, being more, you know, encompassing of, of joining forces with others. Um, the other time that we have um, had interaction with 
Mistrax's storyline was in that um, story mission, Enemy of My Enemy, where he's listed as Mistrax the Forsaken. At that point, he's a captain. And he gives us that reactor that we're looking for. He just gives it to us and disappears. So um, my question to you and our audience is where within this storyline, because if you watched the um, the block art um, story, that Aramis is telling, it shows Misrax as um, either a captain or even a Kel during his time when he is kind of like possessed by this Nezarax artifact. Yet, when we have him in the storyline of the um, his storyline where he interacts with Sir Ido, he's a Vandal. So, and then the, of course, the enemy of my enemy is a captain. So the storyline and how it like, so where does, um, or where do you think this time frame where he's, where he gets possessed by the Nezarax, um, artifacts, it's, you think the Awoken, interactions happened prior to that happening or was it you know did he no i mean he uh you've described a lot from the lore book from this season above all else Mm -hmm. um and only the first three entries of four i i've unlocked i don't know um if they're time locked or if it's a triumph i haven't unlocked yet right um but they describe uh him getting this piece from his this relic from his mother like just as he's it's like a coming to age story so mm-hmm. he hasn't left his um original house at that point so i don't think there's this back and forth i'm not sure about him becoming he, being a vandal i don't know if he like from malnourishment went back to being a vandal or and came back i'm or, wondering if um, if like when he abandoned his past when he abandoned that part of his life he almost demoted himself yeah i do know that it, it has to do of... with like eat the amount of ether they consume right right um and i don't but i am not a hundred percent on there uh, so um so evolution. maybe that yeah may, maybe you know he kind of like artificially promoted himself through just thinking that he had more power than he did because of the artifact and officially rose himself to power and then realized that this is where um do you happen to to know the lore entry where he's referred to as a vandal because i that's like um Um, it's i I mean i i don't have it in front of me but it's it's part of the Sir, Sir, I'm trying to pronounce that right, Ido story, uh-huh. where, you know, that, uh, and I think we talked about this actually in A Touch of Grimoire many moons ago. Um, during that interaction, that first interaction, he's described as a vandal. He gets captured by the Awoken. 
I do. I remember the the lore. I just don't remember him being described as a vandal. So yeah. Yeah, and I I could be wrong there, but I'm pretty sure he was he was described as a vandal in that in that storyline originally. The um, um the other lore book though, the above all else, kind um I think you just hit upon the first and the second book, but the third book kind of the third uh, entry and that kind of leaves on a. <laughs> As like a bit of a cliffhanger. It was a dramatic moment. <laughs> oh, well, I'll have to read. I, I haven't read that third lower book, so I, I'm going to definitely need to do that. Don't want to do um, any spoilers and so forth. But the other thing I was going to ask is like, where do you think that like where within this time frame is it? Is it like where he like actually ends up giving us that? reactor an enemy of my enemy because he's considered i think my guess would be this would be um around that time like after you know he had kind of allied with the awoken but at that point the elixir were not quite on board with that kind of alliance and so he kind of became a bit of an outcast um and only had a few Elixni followers. Am I getting that right? Or is that your understanding? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we do know, obviously, that the houses were divided. And, you know, that was very much part of the storyline with um, Beyond Light when that first dropped, right? That there was the Aramis who's like getting power from the darkness and getting um stasis and then you have do what um do vandals only have four arms or do we know how many arms each of them have or do they all have it's only the dregs that get their arms torn off right um i think it's the dregs the dregs are demote you know when they become dregs it's like it's part of they call it docking yeah they call it docking because that comes up in a lore book this week too i was gonna say i actually did read that lore you know where (laughs) where misrax tells spider that they're not doing that anymore that that is not going to be part of yeah i think that was a few weeks ago actually um so yeah i did i did actually read that lore so um yeah um think that and any thoughts stego or soul time or are you just for the ride don't know i don't know what the question is sorry i did any thoughts any thoughts on the whole lore yeah what are your thoughts what are your do you have anything to add or do you have any takeaways from this story or or what you're your feeling about it uh i love the story of misrax uh i would like more backstory of uh what it was like to be a space pirate to move to go from their old solar system to us i'm excited to get more lore it's um it's complex you know as we're finding with any of these leaders <laughs> they have complicated pasts and it is very much interesting to um find out this season that Misrax and Spider 
excuse me, basically grew up together. Well, I'd be interested in learning more about Jor Ido. Mm. She was mm. the first Queen's Wrath and Marasov's lover. The Reef Wars. No, she was killed during the Reef Wars. We, we touched upon that story quite a bit in A Touch of Grimoire a, wa- a long time ago. Um, but now, right, now si- circling I, back. I am also right. hoping we get more Dreaming City Awoken tie-ins. I'm Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's time to get back into that, um, into the Awoken. I feel like Mara is going to come back soon. I mean, we... <clears throat> We already know there's a um it's come up in a couple of lore um pieces about Mara um and Spider. We already know that there's conflict, I guess is the best way to word it. Um so I feel like that is going to come out, whether it's gonna come out this season or if it's gonna come up later. Um but I feel like she is definitely going to come back into the Awoken in general, that Woken storyline. I always hold that um, the alliance we have with the Awoken has always been just kind of just slightly, you know, hangs on by a thread to um, quote Savathun, right? It's just, it, it feels like it is um, not, uh, not 100% a solid bond. Does anybody remember the queen's presence in the tower at the beginning of D1? I remember the emissary of the queen. Mhm. Or oh. I remember there being like a like a live event where she was like behind the um like the doors that are usually closed that in the That's back. Right, right. Where Saladin was when he, the iron banner was alive. Um mm-hmm. and there was like one event where she was there before um yeah before the reef opened this is i think before even dark below yeah this uh, this actually might have even been before i got on d1 where i started playing about the time because i have a vague memory of it but i'm not quite sure yeah they, they were still figuring out what live events were and they were still figuring out petravenge's look because it was petravenge but she just looked like an awoken she didn't have oh. her iconic I just, like, I could imagine if I had, like, all that extra time that I would, like, have, like, on one of my walls, like, the lore with, like, different colored yarn connecting different, all the different pieces. (laughs) Well, speaking of limited time, let's get into our last segment here of non-Destiny media consumption. Non-Destiny media consumption. Romance Girl or Green Stego, what have you been up to? Well, Romance Girl suddenly is experiencing technical issues. I came back. I, okay. Just as you didn't notice, I left. I <laughs> didn't notice I came back. Um, uh, mostly the same stuff as last week, but I did want to give a shout out to Tetris Effect Connected. It's uh, just a cool, uh, it's Tetris but with like uh, 3D effects, <laughs> very cool, oh, like fun. music and um, the the background interacts with you, like changing the shape of the, uh, I forget what they're called, tetroids. 
<laughs> something like that. Right. <laughs> um, but it's a uh, it's just a lot of fun. Um, it's a really good take on it. It's on Game Pass. It's on Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. It's also on most um consoles now. You can buy it. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, it's just Tetris, but it just um they added a lot to make it really like just it's so fun to just zone out to. And and on your new on your new Series X, and I'm even sure like there's levels you, where and, it, the, each time it. you move it, you're affecting the soundtrack too. Like you're making the soundtrack with your movements. Well, that's clever. It's just so cool. How about you, Green Stego? What have you been consuming? Work. Yeah, work. When you're a teacher, you go to work, and when you come home, you're so exhausted. Just feed yourself, feed the cats, and go to sleep. Yep, um, <laughs> that's basically it. <laughs> um, we're still watching the same things. Uh, Rings of Power this week was amazing. A big payoff episode. Um, and uh, excited to watch uh, some of our anime that we've been watching is returning for season another season uh, today. So going to watch Spy Family. Uh, right after this. Nice. More coffee and breakfast. Sally Bug, did we miss anything? What a, what what have you been up to? Well, um yeah, we we were um co teacher and I were were looking to um try to find something to do at, something to read aloud to the to the class um for the just the end of the week, a way to wind down. And um, in my searching for something, I found October in the Chair, a short story by my favorite author, Neil Gaiman. And um, unfortunately, kind of decided that it may not just for the population of students that we had may not be 100% appropriate for them. Um, I think some like probably once you got to the middle grades, um, like school times grades, probably fine, but you're still not quite sure um, with the, the lower grades. So so we ended up not, but I ended up reading the whole thing and then ended up listening to the whole thing um, narrated by Neil Gaiman. So good. It's, you know, very kind of like definitely and it's like a story within a story, which is kind of fun and great way to weave a story into it. Um, and because of coming across that, it makes me a lot of people say this was kind of like the precursor to is um, the graveyard book that's that he's very much well known for which now makes me want to go back and read that um um so again similar to soul time is like something i want to do haven't done yet but we did watch okay because of me like being reintroduced to um neil gaiman um picked back up and watched a couple episodes of sandman we haven't gotten through that we watched a couple episodes last night and um as always, those episodes do not disappoint. So if you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. Well, that about wraps it up. Thanks for tuning in. This has been episode 58 of the Paracasual Destiny podcast. 
Join us live on YouTube every other Saturday, generally speaking, at 11 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. And we'll be doing this hopefully next Saturday. Um, You can subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Twitter. Until next time, it's goodbye from all of us here at the Paracasual Destiny Podcast. Keep pushing back the darkness. Bye. Bye. At the same time as Sally Bug. Like, it does tend to.